The Denver Broncos have moved on from offensive line coach Mike Munchak. He'll set to be a hot candidate on the free agency coaching market, but the Broncos going with a little bit of a new blood on the offensive line. We talk about the overall development of the Broncos offensive line under Mike Munchak. What does that mean going forward for the players under a new offensive line coach? Plus, we take a look at some prospects from the Senior Bowl that Broncos country needs to keep their eye on this weekend when they play on the NFL Network. You get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we covered the Denver Broncos for the Locked On Network and Nine News. And Broncos country, thank you for making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day when you wake up in the morning, you go to the gym to work out, you're getting ready to go to work, or you're on your way to work. We appreciate you turning on the podcast, free and available everywhere you get your podcast and audio format, or watching us in video format here on YouTube in 4K high definition. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications if you haven't done so already so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news content coverage here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Sarah, my friend, hey, you know, there's a there's this kind of vibe right now in Broncos country. Obviously, some sadness by the Broncos fans as it pertains to them losing a key member of the coaching staff from the last regime. But we got to put it all into perspective. There's reasons why this Broncos moved on from Mike Munchak. We talk about the players a little bit. And obviously, we get a preview of the Senior Bowl, man. I'm excited to do this with you before I get to head out to L.A., man, for Super Bowl week. So how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, man. I'm excited for you getting to go to the Super Bowl week. That's going to be awesome, just being able to to bump elbows with all those people out there, the men and women of the media, football players, former, current it's going to be cool, man. So I'm excited to, to hear how it goes and to see some of your stuff. And, man, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. You know, it does stink to see people leaving. You know, obviously, like not even three years ago, we were all pumped about Mike Munchak coming aboard the Denver Broncos coaching staff thinking like, holy cow, I can't believe they were able to hire two of their head coaching candidates. <laughs> uh, but now both of those guys are gone. And the excitement along with it has shifted to a completely different group of people. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to see kind of the difference between Munchak and and Butch Berry, the new offensive line coach coming in, and how they kind of differ in philosophy, how they differ in teaching, you know, and who's gonna stick around along with him. And, and I, I just I can't wait to see what's gonna happen. But man, you can't help but think at least a little bit. Broncos country, I know this is this is a fresh wound. Can't help but think a little bit. That something might, you know, something might just click for those offensive linemen now after a, a couple of really average to maybe below average years. Well, and I've been saying too, Broncos country, if you want to see what the offense will look like for Denver a little bit next year, just like scheme wise, watch the San Francisco 49ers, watch the Green Bay Packers. I mean, really, it's just a it's a splitting image of that, what it, it will look like here. But there's reasons why the Broncos moved on from Mike Munchak. Obviously, anytime that there's a brand new coaching staff, a new head coach that comes in. Now, Sarah, you mentioned it. The Broncos were lucky enough in 2019 to get two of their head coaching candidates. Vic Fangio, obviously, is the head coach. And Mike Munchak, who was a candidate they interviewed for the job as the offensive line coach. I mean, it was a perfect scenario for where the Broncos were at. And I think for the time being, when you go back and you really look at what the Broncos needed, I think the biggest question was, what is it going to look like for Garrett Bowles? Mike Munchak, I'd say, did a fantastic job with Bowles. I know we're going to talk about which players maybe developed or didn't develop under Munchak here in a little bit. But one thing to pinpoint right there, 
Mike Munchak, regardless, no longer part of the Denver Broncos organization. He will be one of the hottest NFL free agent coaching candidates out there. I'm not sure if he's going to get any lines right now for a head coaching job, but there are some teams out there that need some help on the offensive line. Heck, he could be even go back to the Pittsburgh Steelers by chance. Who knows <laughs> how things are going to go there? I mean, it's something to keep an eye on, but why did the Broncos not retain Munchak? I think is a big question. Look, and there's fans too, and I see some of these narratives out there that, well, Munchak wasn't really good with outside zone. Look, here's the deal. Mike Munchak is a legendary offensive line coach, ladies and gentlemen. He understands inside zone. He understands outside zone. I don't think this has anything to do with him, him not being well-versed in outside zone. I think that's laughable. He's not a coordinator in that sense. He understands offensive line play. He understands how to apply the difference blocking concepts, whether you're man blocking, zone blocking, inside zone, outside zone. He understands that. However, for Nathaniel Hackett, this is a move where the Broncos wanted to go younger on the coaching staff because that is what's winning right now in the NFL. And you and I were talking about it before we started recording, Sarah. I feel like if you were coming into the, the realm of thinking about coaches around the NFL, you look at it right now. A lot of these younger coaches and their young coaching staffs tend to be winning a lot more and they tend to evolve a lot more. Not saying that's something that Mike Munchak did or didn't do. However, it makes sense. If you're older right now in the NFL as a coach, it kind of seems like you're a little bit at a disadvantage. So I think that's one there, but more than likely, you know, Nathaniel Hackett wanted to bring in his own guys that already know what he wants to run and how he wants to teach it to the players. Well, and I think that makes a lot of sense too. And as of the time that we're recording, you know, the assistant offensive line coach, Chris Cooper is still in place. We know that Chris Cooper was drafted back in 2006, that awesome 2006 draft class for the Denver Broncos. He was drafted to play in this offense, the Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak offense. So he obviously understands all these different concepts and things. And I think the collaborative approach, Cody, is something that we need to touch on as well because you talk about the young versus the old coaches. It, it You definitely get that vibe from the Vic Fangio coaching staff that especially now looking back, are they less collaborative and more just like, here's your area of expertise, you go ahead and tackle this spot. And, and I, I'm not saying that Mike Munchak wouldn't be – you know, willing to work with Nathaniel Hackett and his staff. But I, what I am saying is that, you know, maybe he just likes to take charge over that unit and do his thing with his guys, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's how your coaching staff wants to operate. And there's some successful staffs that do that. But the way the Broncos are going, that's just not that you can't operate independently of the scheme. Everything is going to be collaborative. We're seeing the, the new coaches coming in, getting different titles like Clint Kubiak. He's not just going to be quarterbacks coach, but he's going to be passing game coordinator and what's really fascinating to me is that you might see guys like you've mentioned Cody who's going to get third down who's going to get red zone or gold zone you know who's going to get to come up with the scripted plays is that going to be the new OC uh out like I don't know who's all going to be part of that but I don't know how much you know really Mike Munchak had to do with that in the previous regime and I think that's worth noting in this is that the Broncos want to take a completely collaborative approach and those guys are going to all have different roles not just in the offseason not just in terms of player development but on game days as well. Well, and I think one thing we're going to look at coming up here in just a moment is looking back at Mike Munchak's time, looking at players who maybe developed or didn't develop, maybe what it means for the development of players going forward, like guys like Natani Muti. We talk about Quinn Miners. We talk about that coming up here in just a moment. Broncos country plus the Broncos have made a move. They have a new assistant general manager. We talk about that in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. It's a good friends over there at the Get Upside app. And ladies and gentlemen, listeners of Lockdown Broncos are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every single time that they fill up. All you got to do is just download the free get upside app in the app store or google play right now use promo code touchdown for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back don't pay full price at the gas pump 
ever again. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much to $200 to $300 a year in cash back, and there is no catch. They make it easy for you to cash out. It gets added right to your account, and you can connect your bank account, PayPal, and e-gift card brand like Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app today. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank fill-up today. That's code touchdown and our good friends over there betonline.net ladies and gentlemen betonline has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game here next weekend betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just football betonline has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops nhl boxing ufc along with live real-time updates of current games don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season betonline where the game starts. All right, Sarah, as we continue on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos into the second half, continue our conversation on the Broncos offensive line. A lot of changes coming forth here for Broncos country. Now, there is one change. Before we get to the offensive line, talking, looking at player development under Mike Munchak and maybe what it looks like ahead with Butch Berry, the new O-line coach, there's some news here. General Manager George Payton has promoted Darren Muji. He was the assistant player personnel director, and now he is now officially the assistant GM. We know that he is the right hand to George Payton, Kelly Klein, the left hand to George Payton as well. She's been in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. I know we're going to talk about the Senior Bowl coming up here in just a little bit, but obviously a big move for the Broncos. They did not want to lose him. He was entertaining offers from some other teams who were interested in picking him up for maybe some assistant GM jobs, and now it's evident. He was part of the hiring process here for Nathaniel Hackett, boots on the ground, and a sounding board here for George Payton, somewhere that he can trust. Now he's assistant GM. Any thoughts on that before we get into our offensive line discussion? I like the move. I, I really do. And you wonder if you're getting, you know, if you're promoting Muji, who I called Moogie for the longest time. Same if here. Promote, <laughs> I, I guess it happens. You know, I've had my name mispronounced my entire life. So I feel like I kind of have the right to do that for others. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I do like the move. It makes you wonder if if people maybe were around the league were trying to steal him from the Broncos. You know, there's some GM openings coming up. Or there's spots to be filled around the league in higher roles than Muji previously had. So. So maybe maybe somebody was trying to poach him. So in that regard, I like it. And I like that you have, again, all of this leads back to collaboration. George Payton, a very, very collaborative guy. We talked about that all of last year when, you know, when we're talking about the draft, we're talking about the way that he assembled the roster. He's very collaborative and, and he trusts Muji. They work well together. They understand each other. That kind of relationship can't be overstated, Cody, in terms of if you're just trying to if you're trying to do any job. With anybody, you've got to have trust for for the people that you're working with. You've got to have rapport. You've got to have good chemistry. You know, you understand what each other likes. Like that kind of a thing. Just it, it's so conducive for a successful working environment, especially in the NFL. To know that you're who you're working with, you guys are on the same page. It's not that Muji is necessarily a yes man for George Payton, but he understands what he likes. He understands what he's looking for, and they're on the same page, which is absolutely critical. It's all homegrown talent. You want to be able to invest and build on that. And obviously the relationships that you build and cultivate are super important. And look, we talk so much about collaboration and and delegation. I'm so glad that George Payton is that kind of forward thinking leader as a general manager where he involves everybody. It's not just him making the decision. He gauges input from everybody. Ultimately, he has to make the decision, but he values other people's feedback and input and is able to weigh every option. That is, I think, what will help the Broncos get back on the winning track. And if that can trickle its way down to the coaching staff there i think Dever's going to be in good hands but kind of going back to our coaching staff point here we're talking about the offensive line obviously Dever making 
the tough decision in the eyes of many fans to move on from Mike Munchak, who is well-loved, well-respected as a coach around the National Football League. We have to go back and kind of look at the offensive line as it stands right now and maybe even pose the question, which players under Mike Munchak developed really well, which players didn't? Let's start off with Garrett Bowles, who's really kind of the biggest factor here. When the Broncos hired Mike Munchak in 2019 as the team's new O-line coach, the biggest task at hand was what can he do with the offensive line? What can he do with Garrett Bowles? And at the time, Garrett Bowles' future with the organization was up in the air. What did Mike Munchak do? Well, he and Chris Cooper worked very closely with him, and obviously Garrett took a lot of the emphasis into training in that offseason, and he had one of the best years of his career, got a contract extension, obviously, as we've seen it pay off in 2020, and now he's locked up long-term. Now it's going to be very critical that he keeps building. Now, he did put out a tweet, said, Broncos country, we are in good hands. So, you know, there, there's a sounding endorsement for Butch Berry, the new offensive line coach for the Broncos. Obviously, a lot of respect for Mike Munchak, but the business side happens. Now, I think we can look at Garrett Bowles and say, absolutely, yes, he did develop and he progressed under Mike Munchak. But now we got to look at the other players, Sarah. Absolutely, we do. We definitely do, because that's a huge part of just kind of looking back, reflecting over the last three years. I feel like if the only thing Mike Munchak did was resurrect Garrett Bowles from being a bust to being, you know, uh, an, I, I don't want to say all pro left tackle, but I mean a Pro Bowl caliber left tackle, he, he did that job. And that's impressive in and of itself. But at the same time, you look back at the 2019 season when the Broncos had Rich Scangarello as the offensive coordinator, Dalton Reisner coming in as a second round pick out of Kansas State. You know, everybody very excited to have the Colorado native coming in, playing under Mike Munchak, playing in that historic, you know, Broncos style, Shanahan style of offense. And Dalton Reisner did exceptionally well as a rookie. I think yeah. everybody was thinking that position is solidified for the next decade plus. All of a sudden in 2020, 2021, he hasn't played as well, you know, and I think he would even say the same. And and that's not necessarily just the scheme. It's not just Mike Munchak and the coaching. But at the same time, you can't help but wonder, why did Dalton Reisner take a step back? You know, what about Lloyd Cushenberry, Cody, the, the third round pick from the 2020 NFL draft, who a lot of people figured, man, he's a second round pick, maybe the best center in the entire draft. And then for the Broncos to get him in round three and him to be one of the worst centers in the league as a rookie and take, you know, taking really slight steps forward this past season. I, I just don't know. I don't know who like what players really got that much better besides Garrett Bowles under Mike Munchak, it, even in, I mean, just from your perspective, Cody, I don't know. I've, I've, I look at these names and I think, well, I don't know. Can, can you act, can we actually say, yes, he got very, you know, he got substantially better. So what are your thoughts? Reisner, Cushenberry, anybody else? Did they get better under Munchak? Yeah, you know, and I think that's the interesting question, right? Because we look at Reisner rookie season, right? Fantastic contribution from where he was able to kind of step in and play and, and kind of the similar block scheme, which what the Broncos will embrace to. So, you know, the last couple of years, 2020, 2021, Reisner's kind of taken a step back from consistency. Now, I think that we had all thought and we had gone back. And when you watch film from last year in 2020, you can see that a lot of the issues that the Broncos had and Reisner had to, I mean, we can make the argument that it was for overcompensating, trying to help out with Lloyd Cushenberry. And based on how teams would line up, whether it was a three technique on Dalton's side where he has to focus that attention and a zero technique on Lloyd Cushenberry's side where they'd slant away and that would leave that eight gap wide open. I, I think that was a... a something that defensive coordinators use to kind of exploit the Broncos in their protection there. So, I mean, I think you can make the argument under Mike Munchak, Dalton Reiser didn't necessarily have the best years of his career. 
Could he maybe get back to form in a very critical contract year? Might we add on top of that here under Butch Berry? I think it's a very interesting question to ask, but it's all going to be contingent upon Dalton and obviously his continued growth as a professional there. I think a lot of times too, we do talk about it. Like the offensive scheme that the Broncos are running, the O-line was much better in 2021, Sarah, than I think most people give credit for. I think there's going to be a lot of people that detract and try to say, hey, it was not a very good unit, but for the most part, it was. Teddy Bridgewater held on the ball, but you know, I think I believe it was the second longest time in the NFL. I think Jameis Winston was the first quarterback who held on to the ball longer than anybody else in the NFL last season, and that was a smaller sample size. When you factor in across Teddy Bridgewater, he came in at second or third there. Ideally, that's not what you want, I think, from your quarterback position there. And it makes things hard on the offensive line. I mean, the average play in the NFL lasts about 4.5 seconds there. So when you're holding on to that at around 5.2, 5.3, it can obviously skew those results a little bit. So I'm eager to see if Dalton takes a step forward. I, I think for Lloyd Cushingberry, it's a big question. I think with an entirely new coaching staff and an old line coach, I think that they're going to come into this and they're going to look at things differently. Like they're going to look at Lloyd Cushingberry and say, okay, yes, he was a starting center. However, we need to get more out of him. Could we maybe push Quinn Miners a little bit at center? Could we move Graham Glasgow, who's back to center, and provide some solidarity there at the interior of that position? And I think that would be a huge thing to consider here. But the big question is, what about right tackle, Sarah? I mean, every, there's so many questions on the Broncos' offensive line. I think we can also go to guys like Natani Muti. Under Mike Munchak, I mean, he was able to, to learn, be a practice squad guy, be on the roster, and eventually get onto the active roster in 2020 and 2021 to contribute. I thought Natani Muti actually looked good under Mike Munchak. Now the question is, will the scheme be friendly to those guys? I, I don't know yet. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. Yeah, that's going to be fun to watch, too. I think for me, just evaluating it from like a scout or GM perspective, those guys are so athletic that you just mentioned, Natani Muti, Quinn Miners. Those are two of the more athletic linemen, I feel like, on this Broncos roster that I feel like you could you could accurately, you know, project them to an outside zone scheme. And in fact, maybe with some, you know, more time on task, maybe those guys could be way better in this type of offense. We know Quinn Miners is basically like number one or number two in terms of interior linemen and athleticism in terms of what he showed last offseason. Natani Muti didn't get a chance to put up a big RAS score because he was injured going into his combine yeah. in particular. So he didn't get a chance to do that, but he did while he was injured. I mean, he threw up like 40 some on the bench press. So, I mean, this guy is a, a freak of nature, athletically, especially we saw, we can pull clips of Natani Muti anytime he plays there's jaw dropping plays where he's pulling from one side to the other, getting out in space and making, making blocks. So there's no doubt in my mind that these guys have the movement skills to be able to excel here in this type of offensive scheme. The question now is going to be, you know, what, how, how do we piece this puzzle together? Like you said, right tackle, still a big question mark. Who's going to be even starting at those interior spots. That's a question mark at this point. And so I think that that's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch unfold because I don't think the Broncos lack talent which is a huge, huge issue that, that they've had in the past. Before Mike Munchak got there, they didn't have nearly as much talent as they do now. They kind of have a, you know, I, I don't want to say a horde of talent, but they have enough talent to work with. It is a solid foundation. And now we get to add some potentially more talent here in the coming months. No, it's something to keep an eye on as well. And ladies and gentlemen, it presents an interesting question. What is the Broncos offensive line going to look like in 2022? We're eager for your thoughts down below in the YouTube comment section. Go ahead and type it in and obviously submit it. Sarah and I, we will respond and interact with you here as well. We appreciate all the interaction. Broncos country, but coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get to a little discussion on some senior bowl preview. We're going to take a look at some positions here and maybe some guys that Broncos fans need to keep an eye on as it pertains to this upcoming NFL draft here in April for the 2022 NFL draft class. But before we do that, let me tell you about Bilt Bar, the other 
another sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, ladies and gentlemen, Built Bar. As you know, it is the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. The bars, they are healthy for you, and they're even containing 100% milk chocolate. Plus, they're soft and easy to chew once you take a bite into them. Ladies and gentlemen, you can check out all the amazing flavors, nine standard flavors that they have, plus the occasional limited time flavors at Built.com right now. Go check it out and find a flavor that you and your family will love. Not to mention, if you need a little bit of fuel to get you through your day, Built Bar provides that healthy kick there, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. Ladies and gentlemen, for something that contains 100% milk chocolate, that is a fantastic, fantastic health bargain right there. And you can get your hands on a box of Built Bar today by going to Built.com. And when you go to checkout, use promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off at Built.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Built Bar, the official protein bar of the Lockdown Broncos podcast. All right, sir, as we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, ladies and gentlemen, the Senior Bowl is this weekend. Obviously, on Saturday, the Senior Bowl, they always say, in Mobile is where the draft starts. And when you look at a lot of the talent that's out there, I think everyone's talking about quarterback. Sarah, I know you and I talked about the quarterback position on yesterday's episode of the show. Malik Willis has been raving a little bit. Like People have been talking about him, obviously the quarterback out of Liberty, and he's now coming in at 220 pounds. That's where he measured in and weighed in at, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, obviously, his arm. Some people have said that he's got the strongest arm in the class, which is crazy because there's Carson Strong who has a rocket arm as well. But not to mention he's a multi-purpose athlete with his legs, what he can do, help set things up. And obviously his accuracy has improved. That's what people have been talking about. But I, I know that that's a controversial subject right now on Twitter, whether or not the Broncos would or should take Malik Willis at nine, if in fact that's the case. But we're, we're a little too far you know, from that being a reality Broncos country. We, we don't know yet. we got to wait to see what free agency happens before we really make those kind of claims. But wouldn't be opposed. I think if the Broncos do want to go younger, you always have to look at this class. But let's focus on guys like on the offensive line. Who are some prospects, Sarah, that you have your eye on here this Saturday? Obviously, when the game kicks off on NFL Network. Yeah, there's there's a lot. This is a great, great offensive line class. So for Denver Broncos fans and, and listeners of the podcast who are really just getting into your draft mode for the year, just know and take comfort and peace if that gives you comfort and peace to know that this offensive line class is very very good and very very deep so i think the broncos would be wise to take at least two guys from this crop and and starting with the senior bowl i mean the, a lot of these best players are coming to the senior bowl now there was a stretch of time where that wasn't the case but northern iowa's trevor penning is one guy cody that i would have my eye on even potentially at pick number nine i know he's coming from northern iowa not the biggest program but, man, he's an impressive, impressive uh, physical specimen, a huge offensive tackle with great movement skills, obviously long arms. And if you can move and if you've got long arms, you're going to be a good fit for the outside zone scheme. So we know mm -hmm. Trevor Penning is going to be a potential fit for the Denver Broncos. I know Dane Brugler of the Athletic, Cody, likes him as one of the top ten players in this entire class. So don't just judge everybody by the mock draft machines. You got to look at what people like Dane Brugler and, and Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network and those people are saying because they're plugged in to people in the league and they know where teams are valuing these players at. So he's one guy that I think is a legitimate option at number nine. I think people will call that a reach just based on the fact they don't really know him yet. But Trevor Penning is a player that you got to keep your eye on and he would be a good fit for the Denver Broncos, a long-term offensive tackle. And another couple guys that I really like from this class, Cody, Bernard Raymond, a, a converted tight end from Central Michigan. A really, really – he looks like Ivan Drago and the, the pictures that they have of him on the school website. I mean, he's just a big, big dude. And he's not big like chunky big. I mean, he is jacked. He's a, he's like 6'7", 300-plus pounds. 
and and he looks like he converted from the tight end position. I mean, if that makes sense, like he just looks like a big, thick athlete out there, and he moves like it, he plays like it. He's got a physical, physical style. A lot of times, you don't necessarily see like you know on the blind side. They like to romanticize the blocks that go off the screen or the blocks that go off the field. This dude does that in real games. You got to look him up sometime, people listening. You got to look up Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan and watch the amount of times that he blocks people off the screen from a, for a converted tight end. He's impressive, and I think a lot of Broncos fans will like this guy, Cody. Daniel Fa'alele from Minnesota. And I'm, I am I worked on pronouncing that, too, because I know that. <laughs> That's the last know, thing got, Broncos need for, like, a CBS reporter. Like, yes. I mean, just during games, just imagine them trying to pronounce that name. They can't get Albert O. right, so I just I know. That would go. I know. I love that. Man, just imagine at right tackle, Daniel Fa'alele, and then at right next to him at tight end, you got Albert Okuebunam, and they come together on, like, a combo block or something. I know Albert O. doesn't do much blocking these days, but – uh, Fa'alele, six foot eight, Cody, 387 pounds. Oh and when my. you look at him, you would have no idea. A lot of times guys don't carry that kind of weight very well. This guy just, he, he looks like a rocked up. Uh, I mean, it's, it's insane. You look, just go look, look this guy up. He doesn't look like, oh yeah, he definitely weighs almost 400 pounds. He's a rocked up athlete, huge arm length, big hands, Great movement skills. There's some clips of him already circulating from the senior bowl, Cody, of him getting to the second and even third level. He's got great movement skills. So for people who say, well, he's too big to be a fit in this type of offense, that's bull. I don't agree with that whatsoever. He can move. He can get out in space. He's got the arm length, and he can finish in the running game. Mm, you love that, and and the possibilities for a thick six, you know, like using the tight end in the red zone <laughs> or the gold zone, as we've seen teams do, specifically San Francisco's done that as well. Yeah. Did you just imagine one of these big guys scoring a touchdown in the gold zone? Everyone would go crazy in Denver. Yes. We'd love to see that. Now, obviously, one of the needs, too, as we get towards the end of the today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, another need for the Broncos to keep an eye on is edge rusher. And some edge guys that you listed here emerging at the Senior Bowl, taking a look at maybe one of the Broncos' biggest needs, Jermaine Johnson, obviously one of those guys to keep an eye on Logan Hall, Kingsley, and that I can't even I don't want to butch this, butcher this. How do I pronounce this last name? Enagbare? I, I, I think I'm, it's Enig Enigbare. I'm not a hundred percent. There we go. <laughs> and then obviously Arnold Ebikiti. I mean, that is that I mean these names this here. This is the all-name draft, man. This is like the 20 this is like the Broncos 2019 draft again, where you're going with like the Michael Ojimudias, the Justin yeah. Sternods, like the whole like when you first hear them pronounce, you're like, wait, how do I pronounce that? There we go. So edge rusher there. And obviously linebacker taking a look there at uh, Chad Muma as well, obviously playing for Wyoming. Yeah, I think the the edge in this class, Cody, again, Broncos fans, you're in luck. The edge class is very, very good. And there's a, a lot of people who are really connected in the NFL right now that are saying Florida State, Jermaine Johnson is the number one defensive player at this game this year. Wow. So keep your eyes on Jermaine Johnson, the number one potential defensive player from this game. Obviously, in a very deep edge class right now, everybody's got their eyes on Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, and even David Ojabo from Michigan as well. Yep. Jermaine Johnson is a guy that I don't think you can count out for pick number nine, even at this point. We'll see how he does in the athletic testing, but he's a Georgia transfer. He missed out on the national championship this year, but 
he might be making that bread, Cody, in terms of NFL draft status. And then I think everybody's going to love Chad Muma. Obviously, Wyoming, a lot of Broncos fans are also Wyoming football fans. And so Chad Muma fits that kind of mold of like, you know, everybody wants the next Fred Warner, right? He's, I mean, he's a six foot three, 245 pound athletic linebacker with great range, great instincts, aggressive style of play. I think there's a lot for the Broncos to, to really fall in love with in this draft. So it's great that they have so many draft picks. Hey, it is, and we'll be very interested to see what George Payton decides to do with all the draft capital. And as Payton would say, we have the flexibility to move up, to trade back, to trade picks away, to acquire more. Like it Just everything is on the table here for the Denver Broncos, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, Sarah Bedger and myself, we have you covered every single day with all the Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage that you need in 30 minutes or less here on the Locked On NFL Network. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you for tuning in. Monday's episode will be a special mailbag episode. I'm getting ready to fly out to Los Angeles for the Super Bowl all next week. And as Sarah mentioned, some really good sit-down interviews I'm going to have. I'm going to try to share some of those here on Lockdown Broncos. But we do have a sit-down with Jerry Judy next Friday in L.A. So, obviously, I'll try to get that on here as well. But, ladies and gentlemen, appreciate you tuning in to today's episode Lockdown Broncos. You can get this podcast free and available everywhere. You get your podcast also here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the action, all the coverage, all things Denver Broncos. Sarah Benjamin, myself, we'll see you on Monday for a brand new episode Locked on Broncos.